It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. This music is so fitting for Friday with it being the weekend almost. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Final hour underway before we hand it over to the Bart Winkler who is doing Zach Gelb tonight here on CBS Sports Radio. Also, in about a half hour, we'll be talking more Packers with Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus at well at 5.30. But it is time on the Fan Afternoon Show, broadcasting live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. It is time to give away four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets Listen to the Fan Afternoon Show and the Bart Winkler Show now through Wednesday, August 3rd for your chance to win four tickets to the 2022 Wisconsin State Fair going on from Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 14th at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. For more details, go to wistatefair.com. We're going to kind of switch it up a little bit today as far as how we're giving away the tickets. It is time for pick a lane. We want to hear from you guys. I'll reset the topics in a sec, but how we're going to do it today, it's kind of like when you're making teams for basketball, you're like, all right, I got a number behind my back. Pick a number one through whatever. We've got a number, Adam and I, and we're going to want you guys to call in for pick a lane. We will pick a random caller to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. We do have a number. We're not just going to pick somebody random. But once again, call in 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250 for your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. The topics for today... Pretty much all Packers today here on 1250 AM, the fan, the fan afternoon show. We got two different topics, though, for the Packers. One, we're talking about this defense. Everybody's excited, but I want to get a gauge on where you guys think this defense ranks among the entire league. We're we're sort of doing a fill in the blank earlier today on the fan afternoon show with this defense. This defense, this Packers defense is going to be a top what defense in the NFL? Do you think it's going to be a top 15, top 10, top five, or is it going to be best in the league? 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. Once again, 414-677-1250 for also your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Want to get your guys' thoughts on the Packers as well. My opinion, I said, I think it's going to be a top five. Not only because you're getting guys like Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith back, guys who you missed last year, majority of the season, and you still were able to be the number one seed in the NFL, in the NFC. And that was partly because you had guys like Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell step up which you're able to bring back. And now all these guys on top of, you know, highly touted rookies, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, they're all coming back. They're going to be healthier. And on top of that, they have more depth to kind of take the e- take the pressure off them, especially. So in my opinion, I think top five defense for sure for this Packers defense going into the league, or going into the season, I should say, has potential to be the best in the NFL. But I don't know if I can sort of convince myself when I look at guys like Aaron Donald and stuff like that. But you can argue that Jair Alexander is better than Jalen Ramsey. You can argue that the accumulation of Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary is just as good of a pass rush as what that Los Angeles Rams have with Aaron Donald and stuff like that. So that is our first topic when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Once again, 414-677-1250. New phone number here at 1250 and the fan on the fan afternoon show. Asking you guys for our first topic in pick a lane. Fill in the blank. This Packers defense will be a top what defense in the NFL? Top 15, top 10, top 5, best in the NFL. If you call in now, you'll potentially have a chance, too, to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets as well. Our second topic when it comes to the Green Bay Packers today that we've been discussing, kind of want to 
show a spotlight on some of these players on the roster, aside from Aaron Rodgers, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell. Aside from some of the superstars that we know in this Green Bay Packers roster, asking you guys our second topic in pick a lane, which Packers player do you think is going to surprise some people this season? Who do you think is kind of being underrated? Who has to step up is pretty much what a lot of our answers were previously in the last half hour of the show. We got Josiah DeGuara, Amari Rogers. And I think more than anything, we're hoping and we think those guys can step up, but they kind of have to at the end of the day, especially with Josiah DeGuara filling in for Robert Tunyon before he comes back from his ACL injury. Maybe ready to go week one, but who knows? And if he's not ready to go week one, Josiah DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis, and Tyler Davis are going to have to step up for the Green Bay Packers. But once again, 414-677-1250 is our phone number for you guys to call in for Pickling and want to get your guys on here to talk Packers and have a chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets as well if you call in right now. Random caller will be our winner today for the Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Also, you can tweet us at 1250 the fan if you want to comment on some of these topics on 1250 AM the fan, our Twitter page. Mark tweaked in. I'm going to have to say Josiah DeGuara. This is a make-or-break season for him, and I agree, kind of the, to the extent that we've been talking about. You need somebody to be filling in for Robert Tunney until he comes back. But on top of that, I brought it up when we talked to Nate in the north side just a few minutes ago talking about Josiah DeGuara. Somebody's going to have to be on this Packers death chart taking over for Mercedes Lewis in the future. I love Big Dog. I love Mercedes Lewis, but to be honest, I'm kind of shocked that he's still not only playing in the NFL but contributing to this Packers team but somebody eventually is going to have to step up and what better way than to look within your organization. Hopefully Josiah DeGuar can be that guy along with keeping Robert Tunyon hopefully for years to come. So DeGuar has been a popular one. Also, a lot of people have been bringing up Quay Walker, the first pick or I don't know, first round draft pick taken by the Green Bay Packers this season. I can't remember. Was it Devontae Wyatt or Quay Walker? It was Quay Walker. Quay first, Walker or? was first. Yeah. Wyatt was second. Now Wyatt's come up a couple of times right. in this as well. But I brought it up too with those guys that – Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt are in such interesting positions, positions that rookie Packers defensive players haven't really had all that much because at the end of the day, Quay Walker has Devontae Campbell next to him. He has Chris Barnes behind him. Devontae Wyatt has Kenny Clark next to him. Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry right behind him. These guys are in such unique positions that not only are they going to be, I think, studs coming into the season and make huge impacts for the Packers on defense, but they have a lot of pressure pretty much taken off them right away with veteran players around them. So Quay Walker and Devontae White, I think are definitely going to have big impacts for this Packers team this season. Another one that we've been getting, and once again, 414-677-1250 for your chance to chime in during pick a lane and potentially win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Medicine Man tweets in, I think Quay Walker could be the defensive rookie of the year. All right. It's going to be interesting. Inside linebacker winning defensive rookie of the year. Usually they give it to like pass rushers and corners and stuff like that. Guys who get turnovers and sacks. But hey, I mean, if Quay Walker has that good of a season, I could see it. That would be like an offensive tackle winning offensive player of the year. You know, we should more be giving it to other players on D. Because like Darius Leonard should, I don't know if he was defensive rookie of the year, but guys like that who make such big impacts on their team right away from nothing to something. There should be something said about inside linebackers who have big impacts on their team their rookie year. And Tim on at 1250 and the fan on Twitter tweets in, Amari Rogers has a chance to, which I agree, but kind of like what we were talking about with Alan Lazard, I like the skill sets that Amari Rogers brings to this team, but it's like he almost has to be, you know, step up for this Packers team this season. It's like he has to be kind of proven that he wasn't a waste of a third-round pick. 
not only that, you're going to need Amari Rodgers on special teams too. And kind of saw a couple mishaps last year, so hopefully Amari Rodgers can be a little more consistent. And then uh, finally, <laughs> Supper Club All-Stars on Twitter at 1250 and the fan tweets in, the guy that can tackle on special teams, which I agree. I mean, special teams is definitely going to be interesting. But once again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet in at 1250 and the fan. Right now, if you call in for pick a lane, we're picking a random caller to have, you know, potentially win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's go out to Larry in Milwaukee. Larry, you're on the Fan Afternoon Show. How you doing? Not too bad. What do you want to say about the Packers here? I, I think they'll be a um, top-five defense. I also think Amari Rodgers should be the uh, breakout, should have a breakout season. Yeah, Amari Rodgers is interesting, too, because I think, uh, Mark, at the end of the day, like there's a lot more riding on him that he kind of has to pan out. And I did see here, I unfortunately didn't see it until we brought you on, Larry, but it looks like you are our winner for today based on Adam Roberts determining. So congratulations, you will receive four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Were you planning on going before, or is this just kind of something that if you got free tickets, you're going oh, now? Yeah. Yes, I was planning on going, for sure. Sounds good. Larry, congratulations. Thanks for calling in, man, and we will put you back on hold so Adam can get your info, all right? All right, thank you very much. Once again, 414-677-1250. If you missed today, we're going to be still giving away tickets next week as well. We're giving away tickets all the way until August 3rd on the Fan Afternoon Show in the 5 o'clock hour and on the Bart Winkler Show as well in the morning. So make sure to listen to the Fan Afternoon Show or the Bart Winkler Show now through August 3rd for your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets going from Thursday, August 4th through Saturday, August 14th, or on Sunday, August 14th, excuse me, at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Go to wistatefair.com for more details. Once again, 414-677-1250, new phone number here at 1250 AM The Fan. Got a couple more minutes in Pickle before we get to Sam Monson at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Trav in Brown Deer. Trav, you're on, you're on the Fan Afternoon Show. What's up, man? How's it going? Love you guys. Love and, you too, man. Uh, it was nice to hear Rhyme and stuff. AR, you should have told him I loved him, though. But uh, I'm sure he heard. He knows, but, Trav. He knows. Uh, right. So uh, I think we'll be uh, a top five defense. You know, I was talking AR. I think the 1996 was the best in the NFL, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's nobody you on this defense Butler that comes close and, to Reggie yeah, White mean, and Leroy Butler, yeah. Right, but you had Wayne Simmons. So I, I think if, if if you get into the top five, we'll be fine. Uh, uh, my other question, you know, because I don't want to hold people up. Do you think uh, if Aaron uh, wins a Super Bowl, if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll probably win that number and be, does he walk away? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Trav, I'll answer that. I'm going to let you go, all right, though? Hey, hey. But but uh, the other tight ends, Aaron Rodgers will make you better. He'll make everybody better in, you know, what? Yeah. like, yeah. But so, at the end like, of the day, Trav, like, it's on the players, too. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will have a big part. Well, Frank's never got more than 20 yards, but yep. he's a scoring machine. Trav, appreciate Love the phone guys. call. Love you, too, man. And Rami loves him as well. We all know that. But. I mean, with the thing, with the whole thing that Aaron Rodgers makes his wide receivers better, yes, he absolutely does. But on top of that, I mean, Tom Brady could only do so much with Nikhil Harry in New England. It's on these players at the end of the day. Like, the quarterback will make you better, but it's also on the player to step up. And Josiah DeGuara has kind of taken some, some steps back. It's like Josiah DeGuara, especially his rookie year, and then even the past year, he would take, like, you know, two steps forward and then one step back. You know what I mean? So... 
at the end of the day, like those guys have to also step up and just try to be even more consistent. And part of that comes with Aaron Rodgers, but part of it comes within themselves. What's up, Adam? No, I'm uh, just staring back at you across the glass, agreeing with everything you're saying, Sam. Okay, because like we have a uh, when we turn Adam's mic on here on twelve fifty in the fan. There's like I don't know what it is. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but there's like a little like ringing and all that that I can hear. So I know when Adam's Mac, you know, when Adam's mic is on. You have better ears than I do. I can't hear I anything. Do. I guess that's why I'm in radio. But at the end of the day, four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. My ears are also the size of like grapes, so that doesn't help either. My ears are really small. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. It's just I'm just telling you information the people want to know. You're giving me more dirt more than anything. Oh, here, look at them. They are small. Look at how small they are. They're my almost... headphones are falling off as I'm talking to you. I feel like your eyes are bigger than your ears. That's might want to get that checked out. All right. 414. What do you think I pay my doctors for? 414-677-1250. We are talking Packers here during Pickle. And you can also, we got a Brewers series starting this afternoon against the Boston Red Sox, a team they haven't faced in Boston since 2014. You can also talk Brewers, Packers here. We got a couple more minutes before we get to Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus at 530. It's the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Sam Schmitz, along with Adam Robertson this afternoon. Before we hand it over at the top of the hour, if you want more Bart Winkler, you got more Bart Winkler. He is hosting Zach Gelb here on CBS Sports Radio after we're done at the top of the hour. We can confirm Gelb Force One has landed in New York City. Yeah, Bart Winkler is so big time that they flew out a private jet for him. And even also brought in a private helicopter. Like, do you want the helicopter? Do you want the jet? Not to mention, he took off from the helipad, made a pit stop here to visit with Rami while he was on with us, then jetted over to New York. I got to get a hold of whoever the transportation person is because that is insane and it is cruel that that does not exist for everyone to use. And then on top of that, I didn't think he had one or he could still fit in one. The dude's in a suit. He is in a suit. Well, his picture on our website has him in a suit still. Right? I didn't think I he... have never seen him in a suit. I've talked to Bart and I've seen him plenty of times covering a brewery game and all, but like I, I was telling him, like, you know, he's making fun, he's making jokes about his weight and all. I was like, oh, good for you. And I'd like, love to see Tim Shea thing. in a suit. No, that's a site that nobody needs to see. But anyways, asking <laughs> you guys 414-677-1250. Talking Packers here for a couple more minutes before we get to Sam Monson at 530. We'll talking more Packers and some other headlines around the NFL about you know, what's going on at certain camps, Julio Jones, quarterbacks taking over. We'll talk with Sam Munson at Pro Football Focus at 5.30. But asking you guys right now, we got two topics you can dive into here on Pick a Lane. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys, never miss a moment from the fan again. The free Odyssey app, you can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen when, whenever and wherever works best for you. Also, if you haven't heard about the Unwritten Podcast, Dive into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rulebook with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. Unwritten looks at all the secret and not-so-secret guidelines that the big leaguers follow while playing the while playing the game. Ron and Jimmy give you the players' perspective on bat flips, bean balls, brawls, and more. Download Unwritten or wherever you get your podcasts, especially download it on the Odyssey app. Asking you guys right now before we get into Sam Monson at 5.30. Once again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Our first topic, talking about this Packers defense, we're all very excited about it. We all know about the rookies. We all know about Jair Alexander coming back. We all know that they were able to keep Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas. But asking you guys, fill in the blank, this Packers defense will be a top what defense in the NFL? Top 10, top 15, top 5, is it the best in the league? 
Me, personally, I say top five, just with the depth and all the players that they're coming into this season that were missing last year from majority of the year, especially Jair Alexander pretty much being on you know the IR majority of the season. The Packers still end up getting the number one seed in the NFC. So you bring in a healthy Jair Alexander, you still were able to keep Rasul Douglas. And that kind of leads into our other topic here that we're asking you guys during Pick a Lane, 414-677-1250, or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Our other topic when it comes to the Packers, which Packer do you think is going to surprise people this season? Maybe he's being underrated. Maybe he needs to step up. Earlier in the show, in the 4 o'clock hour, I was talking about Romeo Dubs and how I think Dubs is going to be pretty much a more NFL-ready wide receiver right away for the Green Bay Packers. Christian Watson, I'm not really worried about the injury, but I just think that at the end of the day, aside from Alan Lazard, Watson's probably going to also demand some coverage, and that'll just make Romeo Dubs' job even easier for the Green Bay Packers. And I've liked what I've heard from Dubs. I like what I see from Dubs. I feel like he's a very you know veteran route runner. Don't read the scouting reports, though, because it's hilarious. It makes it seem like the guy shouldn't even be in the league or even be running routes. Kind of like when... DK Metcalf was coming into the draft and they said all he could do was run a nine route. Hmm. So I don't put much, put much stock into scouting reports at the end of the day. I just go out based on what I see and that's been working out pretty well so far. But, so, I, so I don't think I've gotten in what I think the uh, Packers defense will finish as ranked go when ahead. You were doing that topic. And I've had some time to sit on it. You know, I was going to say it's going to be probably a battle between the top three defenses in the league if we're talking rankings between Buffalo, Green Bay, and San Francisco. But then the news broke today that all-pro safety former Packer Micah Hyde went down with an injury at Bill's training camp. He was taken out on a cart. Oh, no. Now, all of the news I'm seeing is that the initial reports say it's a minor injury sustained, but even so, you don't leave on a cart unless the team is very worried about it being potentially more long-term. Oh, man. I hate to hear that, especially during training camp, and I feel bad for Micah Hyde, especially when the Packers disrespected him by not even really giving him an offer before he left for free agency. But I hear you, Adam. I I think at the end of the day, you can really sell people on this. Where would you say that you think the Packers rank defensively? So I was saying 1, 2, and 3, Buffalo, San Francisco, Green Bay is probably where I would go with it. And now – I mean, if Hyde's out for a majority of the season, we don't know. It's all speculation. But if he's out for a long period of time, that secondary is going to have to step up. And I think, I don't know, I think Green Bay's defense is better than San Francisco. I certainly think if those two teams met in the playoffs this year, at least we would see a similar result to last time where the score is very low. You're not going to get a blowout game by either side. The other team that could be an interesting one is Tampa Bay, obviously. I had Vita Vey in my street fight draft mockery yesterday for a reason. Guy's a dog in the trenches, and they also still have Akeem Hicks, even if JPP is no longer with them. So that defense is going to be something to be reckoned with, too. I don't know. I just think when uh, we're looking at uh, a guy like Quay, great draft pick, great athleticism. I'm very excited to see what he can do. Now, the edge rushing, as we've mentioned, I think Toby talked about it on the big show today. That's going to be a big question mark, and Leroy was kind of right there with him. But I think overall secondary, the secondary, I should say, when you've got guys like Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, and then you've got people like Devondre, Quay, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, and now Devontae Wyatt, it's going to be top five for sure. I know that was one of the options on our poll at 1250 AM The Fan. I'm going to go a safe bet, and I will say that they will finish this year ranked fourth behind 
San Francisco, Tampa, and Buffalo. Fair enough. Asking you guys once again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250mfan. The whole thing with Buffalo at the end of the day, though, I know that Micah Hyde might be a, I hope it's not a season-ending injury. I hope it's just a couple weeks for Micah Hyde, who apparently got carted off at training camp today, but that's never a good sign. But at the end of the day, Buffalo still got Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, one of the top corners in the NFL, will be coming back a couple weeks from now. And got Von Miller on top of that, who just makes every defense better that he comes into. So we'll see what happens with Buffalo. Definitely some bad news for former Packer Micah Hyde, but I definitely think that the Green Bay Packers, like Adam said, I agree. I think top five for sure, which is kind of a lot for a guarantee, but we shall see. You can also tweet us at 12.50 a.m. The fan, we got a couple more minutes here before we get to Sam Munson, and we will do just that. We will take a break actually right here. We'll take a break. We'll get to Sam Munson, talk some more Packers from Pro, from Pro Football Focus as well. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz along with Adam Roberts here on 12.50 a.m. The fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Sam Schmitz, along with Adam Roberts here this afternoon. Got a couple more minutes talking Green Bay Packers as well as some of the top headlines going around in the NFL. And no one better to do it with than lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus and host of the PFF NFL podcast. It is Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus. Sam, appreciate the time. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing well. Obviously, we're excited because as we're talking Packers training camp, that means football is getting closer and closer. But unfortunately, Sam, there's been a lot of headlines in Packers training camp that has got Packers fans a little on the edge. Obviously, the big one being David Bakhtiari. I mean, at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur talked a couple weeks ago how he said that it was expected that David Bakhtiari would hopefully be ready for Packers training camp. And then we hear from Brian Gutekinds on Wednesday that he unfortunately went through another procedure in the offseason on his knee. I think there's obviously the big question marks on this offense are the the wide receivers, but I think the offensive line, especially with Elton Jenkins coming back, hopefully within the year, I think the offensive line is just as concerning as the wide receivers going into the season. What, what about you? Yeah, it, it's always a concern anytime a guy takes longer than sort of one calendar year for everything to be okay. And obviously, you know, these are high-level athletes, and sometimes recovery isn't always as straightforward as it's supposed to be, and sometimes things do take longer than that. But anytime uh, an injury recovery is anything but routine, it does make you nervous that that player is not going to be the guy that he was before he got injured. And that's the sort of territory we're in now with David Bakhtiari, and we just have to cross our fingers and hope that he comes back as the guy that he was when he left, which is the best left tackle in the NFL, certainly the best pass-protecting left tackle in the league. Um, yeah, Green Bay's offensive line has kind of been deteriorating talent-wise for a couple of years now. But one thing is... Aaron Rodgers, I think, provides a fantastic boost to that group. Um, He's a very good quarterback at mitigating some of that pressure and being able to move around and adjust the pocket and sort of reset the leverage of his offensive linemen. There are plays where any normal quarterback, those guys would be giving up pressure, but Rodgers is able to make a couple of little subtle moves back-to-back and almost reset the block. Um, and that's a great boost, I think, for some of these younger guys that, that might not be the caliber of the players uh, of the guys they've replaced over the last couple of years. So I think, yeah, on paper, it's definitely a bigger concern than it has been in the past. But I still think worst case scenario, that line will be OK, largely because of Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, the other big question mark on the on the offensive side of the ball going into the season for Packers fans is, 
that wide receiver group, obviously Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, among others, Al Nazard, hopefully stepping up. But we already know that Christian Watson is dealing with uh, recovering from some surgery that he had as far as cleanup, and hopefully he'll be ready during training camp before it ends. But it's kind of interesting, though, Sam. I mean, compared to years past, a lot of these guys like Devontae and Jordy and Randall, before they took over as the number one, they had guys in front of them like, you know, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, and stuff like that. But now, especially like hopefully Alan Lazar can be the number one, but these guys are going to have a big role, especially in their first year. What are you kind of seeing from these Packers rookie wide receivers and how have they kind of graded out as far as what Pro Football Focus has been saying? Yeah, it's the first time that there hasn't been this kind of seamless transition, this handing of the baton between number one receiver to number one receiver uh, during really Rogers' time. Like you said, it went Donald Driver to Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson to Devontae Adams, and there was always this elite number one guy there for him to throw to. This year, it's not going to happen unless one of these guys steps up and does something different to what we're expecting. And Look, I, I was excited before training camp started and, and really when they drafted him um, about what Romeo Dubs can do. And so far, uh, obviously, it's ridiculously early, but so far the returns have been good. And the fact that Christian Watson is sidelined a little bit recovering, it, it opens the door for a guy like Dubs to show more or show he was worth more than the draft pick. And, you know, Christian Watson obviously got people excited because of his size and his speed. Um, but he ran a very sort of Spartan route tree in college in an offense that wasn't the most pass-happy thing in the world and not doesn't necessarily have the best ball skills in the world. So I think he's going to be a work in progress. He's going to be a guy that might take a little while to realize his full potential. But Dubs doesn't have those concerns. Um, he ran a much more diverse route tree in college. He, he has experience doing a lot more of the things he's going to need to do to make an early impact in the NFL. And now he's getting the opportunity that a higher draft pick would have early in camp while, while there's a few, uh, there's, you know, a, a guy missing from action in front of him. Don't feel bad about Romeo Dubs, Sam. We were literally before we, about an hour before we had you on, we were literally doing a 15 minute spotlight on Romeo Dubs and why, why we think <laughs> he's going to make a big impact. So you and I, you and I are kind of on the same page, but once again, we're talking with Sam Munson from pro football focus the other, you know, obviously a big aspect of this team, it's, it's weird. A lot of Packers fans for the first time in a lot of their lifetimes have been more excited about this defense going into training camp than the offense. And we were kind of talking about where we think this defense is going to rank, you know, during the season and maybe by the end of the regular season. I think it's definitely got potential to be a top five defense overall. But what, what are you guys thinking over about, about there at Pro Football Focus when it comes to this Packers defense? Yeah, I, I really love the potential of this defense. And I think they got kind of lucky in a way last year it's so strange when you look at what happened to the Packers last year and the fact that they were without David Bakhtiari for most of the years Darius Smith for most of the year Jair Alexander for most of the year those were three of their five most important players from the season before and they missed basically all of last season and the fact that they did opened up a kind of role for a backup or a guy lower on the depth chart to step up and really emerge and become that guy and as an edge rusher that was Rashawn Gary and he looks fantastic right now um, Eric Stokes got a ton of playing time in his first season and really became like the number one corner for the team over the course of the year uh, with Alexander out of the lineup and as much as he got beaten you know every now and again and, and it wasn't all amazing I really liked 
how much better he looked than I thought he would given his college tape. And he was in some really sticky coverage over the course of the season. Now with Alexander back, I think that experience that he got last year is invaluable. So I think this team has the potential to be really good on defense. And I forgot until like today when I saw his name brought up that they had drafted Devontae Wyatt, who's one of my favorite players in the draft as well. Like that guy, I think, got overlooked a lot in the draft period because everybody was focusing on Jordan Davis and, you know, all the other stars in that Georgia defense. But I think Wyatt was the best of those defensive linemen this season and, you know, could make an immediate impact given how good he is already. Yeah, I know a lot of Packers fans are very happy that the Packers are finally surrounding Kenny Clark with some depth as well on the defensive line. But going back to the secondary with Jair Alexander coming back, hopefully healthy for the entire season, Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas locked it down pretty much last year in his absence. And they were able to keep Rasul Douglas, but I'm just kind of curious because all three of those guys really have never played slot corner, especially with Eric Stokes being a rookie last year. I just wonder what you think they're going to do when it comes to slot corner. Do you think it's just going to be kind of a rotating uh, position that they'll use all three of those guys? Yeah, it is going to be an interesting one to watch. Jair Alexander, I think, has the most natural skill set to play in the slot, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the direction they'll go. Uh, I, I think... Eric Stokes, conversely, is the one that I think that's least suited to playing in the slot in terms of what they do well and, and where they win. Um, so I think that's probably something they're going to try out and see if one of these guys is a more natural fit inside. But the bottom line is those guys are all three going to be playing an absolute ton. And if they play at the kind of level they were playing last season and Jair Alexander, obviously, the year before, I mean, that, that might be the best one, two, three cornerback group in the league. Once again, talking with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Also check out the PFF NFL podcast as well and follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Kind of looking outside this Packers or Packers team, really the division overall, Minnesota's got a new coach. Detroit keeps on adding players like DJ Chark and stuff like that. I'm not really expecting anything from the Bears, unfortunately, but aside from the Packers, like who do you think could be the top threat in the division in the NFC North? Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknown about the other teams in the, the division. Detroit are a lot of people's um, kind of fashionable pick right now for a team that will uh, outdo their win total um, and, and overperform expectations. And it's definitely possible. I, I really like the way the Lions have been building in this rebuild project. Um, but it does rely on a lot of these young guys they've added already taking that next step this year and developing. And if they don't, if they just haven't, you know, use those picks particularly well, they're not going to take the big step forward that people thought they would. Uh, and then the Vikings are in this weird spot where they changed the regime. You know, they got rid of the GM, they got rid of the head coach, but other than that, have stayed pretty much the same. Um, they haven't pressed the reset button. They're pretty much charting the same course with different people at the helm and hoping that will have different results. And Maybe it will. Uh, maybe Kevin O'Connell's offense will be the difference in Kirk Cousins and, and the rest of those guys, the offensive line getting better. But maybe that's just not enough change for a team that ultimately was kind of stuck in the middle of the pack. Um, I think just from talent level, the Vikings are probably the second best team and therefore the biggest threat to the Packers. But I think there's definitely a, a, wide, a wide range of outcomes for both those teams. Another threat to the Packers, especially potentially come playoff time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And obviously Packers fans were hoping that Julio Jones at this point, we all knew it was going to be a one-year deal and like around 6 million, but Packers fans were definitely hoping that they could bring in Julio Jones along with Sammy Watkins to kind of help guide 
these rookie wide receivers, but now obviously Julio Jones, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I agree with you, Sam. I saw on your Twitter, 85 on Julio Jones is just disgusting. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady is definitely going to get some production out of Julio Jones and kind of is unfortunate for Packers fans that they couldn't at least play keep away from Tampa Bay with Julio. Yeah, and I think he sort of has more value for Tampa Bay than Green Bay as well because the Packers, we talked about before, like they need to replace Devontae Adams. They need a number one guy, and Julio Jones might not be that guy anymore. Um, Given the injuries he's dealt with, given his age, he just might not have that left in the tank. But Tampa Bay don't need that. Like they, they don't even need to play him early in the season. They can ease him in and make sure that he's 100% healthy and up to speed, and he becomes a contingency plan for them. And if they lose a guy late in the season like they did a year ago, they don't have to turn you know, to Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, who, who seems to have sort of lost Tom Brady's faith. And all of a sudden they can bring Julio Jones off the bench or you know, out of the bullpen and, and get some real play out of him down the stretch or into the playoffs. That's such a luxury for a team that is you know, expecting to be challenging and expecting to be a Super Bowl contender. Once again, talking with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Also check out the PFF NFL podcast and follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Last one for you here. Looking outside of the NFC and going over the AFC West, this division is just bonkers. I mean, aside from, you know, Devontae Adams going there and joining Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, you had former Packer MVS going to Kansas City, replacing Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. Kind of a a two-parter for you here. I find it interesting with those two teams in particular that, you know, the NFL is going towards this trend where they're they're not obviously willing to pay the top wide receivers and they have more confidence in these rookie wide receivers right away. But I, I just don't know who's going to come out of that division. I don't know what you guys are over there thinking at Pro Football Focus, too. I, I can't pick a team, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did power rankings a while ago, and I think all four teams in that division could have an argument for being inside the top ten in the NFL. Um, obviously, they're going to take wins off each other. You know, one of those teams probably won't look as good because of that, but all four of those teams have absolutely legitimate superstars. They've got a lot to like. They've got good quarterbacks. Like Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback in the division, and he's probably a top 10, top 12 quarterback in any given season. So, yeah, the the entire AFC West is an absolutely brutal division right now. And I think you probably default to the idea that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs win the division um, because that's, an, that's just the best starting point that anybody's going to have. But it wouldn't be a shock if the Chargers were able to overhaul them or the Broncos, if the Russell Wilson thing really hits the ground running, you know, if he's able to drag them to somewhere different. And even the Raiders, like they, the Raiders left a lot of meat on the bone last season in terms of sort of some fairly suicidal scheme tendencies at times. And they've added, you know, Devontae Adams makes a huge difference. If that offensive line can hold its head above water, like the Raiders are a good team as well. So that it's being talked about as the best division in football for a reason. It's going to be amazing to watch how that all shakes out. And once again, lastly too, for you here, Sam, this trend of the top wide receivers being dealt to other teams. You had Tyreek Hill going to the dolphins, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. And then on top of that, you're also seeing a little bit tougher for these wide receivers to get their extensions right away. We're still waiting on Devo DK just got his, but what are your guys' thoughts on this trend about – I think it just speaks to the, the wide receivers coming out of college and how ready they are, but it's, it's kind of weird that, you know, obviously we think Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, the Packers and Chiefs, they should pay them, but 
I think the numbers at the end of the day kind of show that these wide receivers coming out of college, it's just a different time. Yeah, I think there's a few things at play. There's there's the point you made, which is we're seeing more and more of these guys not just step in out of the college game, but step in and are, and are able to dominate right away. Like Jamar Chase, the top five receiver in the NFL already after his rookie season. Justin Jefferson from the year before, same thing. Like these guys just step in and they're immediately alpha number one dominant forces at receiver. Um, you've also got that DeAndre Hopkins contract screwed everybody up, right? They the deal that he got in Arizona or got from the Texans, um, it messed up the kind of the, the marketplace. It was an outlier relative to everybody else. And that really I think is why Devontae Adams isn't in Green Bay because the Packers did not want to go past that DeAndre Hopkins contract. They thought rightly that it wasn't the the real marketplace. It wasn't where receiver money should be. And they, they basically dragged their feet so long that when they were finally willing to go there, Devontae Adams was just sick of it and said, no, I'm out. I'm gone. It's it's too late. You know, you had your chance and now I'm out of here. So I think that definitely caused some problems as well. And the same thing is probably true with uh, Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs, that the Chiefs just weren't willing to go to that number to keep Tyreek Hill in place. And there's always going to be somebody in the NFL that will, you know, a, a team that's willing to uh, go to that level of, of money. But I think those two things in tandem are definitely causing some teams, particularly ones that have got quarterbacks on big money and look at the the kind of salary cap, um, you know, where all the money is and just say, you know what, it's, it's not worth it this time. That is Sam Munson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focused and host of the PFF NFL podcast. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore, scan, underscore Sam. Sam, always appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be talking once again before the regular season begins and throughout the season. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. That is Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. He joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Take a quick break here. And then afterwards, got to talk about this Brewers-Red Sox series. Brewers haven't played in Boston since 2014. We'll get you the lineups and everything else coming up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the afternoon show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sam Schmitz along with Adam Roberts this afternoon. Next week, it'll be Kevin Holden back in for a whole week. So very looking, very happy and excited and looking forward to working with Kevin once again. But right after this last segment, it is time to hand it over to the one and only Bart Winkler on CBS Sports Radio, who is hosting for Zach Gelb this afternoon. So right after us, you'll hear from Bart Winkler. But in the meantime, the Brewers are in town in Boston for a three-game series over the weekend, a place that they haven't played in since 2014. And on the mound for the Brewers today in Game 1 will be Brandon Woodruff, who's gone 3-0 with a 2.2 ERA and five starts since coming off the injured list. He is holding opponents to a 200 average with nine walks and 39 strikeouts during that stretch. So very excited to see what Woodruff can do against this pretty tough Boston lineup with Rafael Devers and stuff like that. But I'm kind of, I went to go check the preview in the matchup when Tim and I were looking at this uh, Friday matchup between the Red Sox and the Brewers uh, after game two of Brewers and twins, the Boston Red Sox initially listed one of their top prospects, Brian Bayo, who's had a tough time in the majors starting for today. Bayo had about a 10.5 ERA, but it looks like they're switching things up. Mm-hmm. Boston going with left-hander Austin Davis. He's so fresh, he doesn't even have a picture up on MLB.com yet. I got one here. 
Kind of looks like your typical Wisconsinite, honestly. Kind of a beard, you know, long hair and all that. I've just got the faceless avatar over here. But uh, Davis does have a four and a half ERA this season and about 40 innings pitched for the Red Sox. He's one and one, has a 143 whip. But for the rest of the starting lineups, I turn it over to Adam Roberts. Let's start with the, do we have the Red Sox and the Brews? We do. Let's start with the Red Sox. All right. Leading off for the hometown Red Sox in center field. Jaron Duran, 237 hitter. Interesting for the leadoff spot. By the way, he was the one when you did you see that uh, inside the park grand slam mm-hmm, from the Blue Jays Red Sox game? That was the guy who just kind of stood there in center field. So, <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I'm just going to watch that happen. Yeah, Toby Altizer would have said, wow, that's interesting. Huh, we got to get that drop ready someday. I do. Okay, let's see. Batting second. Yes. Catcher, Christian Vasquez. 40 RBIs this season. Left fielder batting third, Alex Verdugo. And the cleanup spot, shortstop, Xander Bogarts. J.D. Martinez, rumors swirling about where he could be spending the rest of the season. Oh, he'll, be a brewer. he'll DH and bat fit. That'd be a great, easy transportation. Just whoop, yeah. right across. Sixth, Franchi Cordero at first base. Bobby Dalbeck at third, batting seventh. The previous brewer, a member of the Astigmatism clan, Jackie Bradley Jr. in right field, batting eighth, and Yomar Sanchez batting ninth at second base. And you mentioned Austin Davis will be on the mound tonight, pitching for Boston. So, if I'm not mistaken, they're sitting Rafael Devers today. Correct. Wow. So, Brandon Woodruff's job just got hopefully a little easier as uh, the Boston Red Sox won't be playing Rafael Devers, their star stud young third baseman. All right. So, that is the Boston Red Sox lineup. By the way, uh, for those who are talking about being mad about Jackie Bradley Jr. discovering, you know, the fact that you can go to an optometrist and get your eyes checked out and get an eye, you know, get a contact and turn things around. Well, Jackie Bradley Jr. is back to being the JBJ of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is batting 208 right now. So that was cute for about a couple weeks. But uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. unable to really turn things around despite going to an optometrist and getting his eyes checked out. All right. So that is the Boston Red Sox lineup. Once again, no Rafael Devers tonight for the Red Sox. He'll probably pinch it. Maybe we'll see. But let's get to the Brewers lineup, Adam. Leading off for your Milwaukee Brewers tonight, it is the left fielder, Christian Yelich. And I actually actually just lost my lineup. I had it. Oh, let me go to the Brewers Twitter and dig it up for you. I can tell you. um, you Wow, that was so scary. I I got it up here if you want it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, leading off for the Milwaukee Brewers, as Adam mentioned, in left field, Christian Yelich. Oh, I got it back. I got it back. All right. Can I please? Yep, go ahead. All right. Second batter, Willie Adama, shortstop. Interesting move for Council putting McCutcheon into the third spot tonight. You know what? DHing. You know what? Looking at this 3-4-5, I'm okay with it. Renfro batting fourth, cleaning up in right. Telez batting fifth. Interesting. And playing at first. Rios, third baseman, sixth. Caratini catching tonight for Woodruff. Colton Wong down in the eighth spot this evening. And Tyrone Taylor in center field, finishing off things in the batting order at the nine spot. You know what? When I first looked at Renfro batting behind McCutcheon in the cleanup spot and then Rowdy Telez behind Hunter Renfro, I was a little thrown off. I was like, do I like that? But... At the end of the day, I just want Hunter Renfro and Roddy Telez tied at the hip, and then you have one of the other on-base hottest hitters for the Brewers in front of Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon. So they go left, right, 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 left, 
for the you know the top five in the Brewers lineup. Interesting. But that will kick off in just a couple minutes. First pitch at 610. Also, make sure to keep it locked in here on the fan as we turn it over to Bart Winkler, who is hosting Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. That'll do it for the afternoon show. Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts. Have a good weekend. See ya. See ya.